Welcome to the next installment of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I'm a comedy writer and filmmaker on this show. We talk about everything from um, apple flavored deworming medication. Uh, people are taking it for COVID. It is does not treat COVID. Don't do it. You're not a cow. Um, to a musical cunnilingus in the movie Annette. Uh, we could only watch it for about 20 minutes. But anyway, this week I chat with writer-director Aaliyah Brooks about her short Discovering Brooklyn. I talked to her last month and we talked about Jamaican music and making movies and Insecure and a bunch of different things. Uh, we also play a This Is Us game. Uh, but before that, first up, housekeeping. If you like this show, please rate it on Apple or leave a review. This is how you can help people to find us, to find the show. Uh, going back to Annette again, I watched it for like 20 minutes with Sean. We had to leave. We had to leave we had to leave our house. Like it was it was such that it was just like I gotta get out of here for a while. Um, it's super wacky. Adam Driver looks gorgeous. I love the Jesus hair. Um, he's a he plays a comedian, uh, but he's not funny. And then you don't know. And then he he tries to strangle himself with the microphone. I guess uh, to symbolize him as, as like he's uh, you know I don't know really putting himself out there. He's he's he's. I don't know, killing himself for for the art of comedy. I, I didn't get it, uh, but it's beautiful, beautifully shot. Um, I did like the opening sequence a lot. I love Marion Cotillard. It, I might go back to it. I don't know. But after 20 minutes, we were like, OK, let's just get out of here and go for a walk. So that's what we did. Um, the next day, we binged The Chair on Netflix, which is fun. Love Sandra O. Oh, love J. Duplass. Really fun about um, academia. Uh, Sean was in academia. I gave birth to Lucas, I told you, at Wesleyan in a dorm room. So this was totally our bag. Uh, very bingeable. We really liked it. Um, yesterday, so today is August, uh, what is it? August 25th. Um, and, uh, yeah, the night before yesterday, uh, I went out and I saw the screening of another kind of weird movie also going to be on Netflix, uh, September 10th. So Annette is on, is not on Netflix. I'm sorry. So Annette is on Amazon. The chair is on Netflix. The voyeurs will also be on Amazon. If you like sexy thrillers that are 
slightly sexist. Um, I didn't, I thought it was kind of sexist, but um, I did like it. I enjoyed it. It was wacky also. Like Annette, it, it got wacky. Uh, if you like thrillers like Faithful, Unfaithful, or Body Double, or even Dress to Kill in a way, even though it's not like Dress to Kill, it's more Body Double than Dress to Kill, but it has that De Palma energy. Definitely check it out when it hits September 10th. I wore a Bathsheba dress uh, that was maybe two sizes too big for me and I felt very awkward. It felt like almost like a choir smock, like I was in a choir or something. It didn't feel like a shift dress, but whatever, I did it. I wore it. I'm not sure if I should get it tailored or just rock it. Whenever I just get stuff tailored, it ends up, I end up ruining it. So whatever, that's just, these are things that I'm thinking about this week. I'm rambling. Let's just kick off the show with a sketch called A Robot's Apology. This is a replay, um, but I I found it kind of sort of um, relating to the OnlyFans controversy this week. So I thought it was timely and I thought it was worth uh, another another replay. And uh, and then we'll get into my interview with Leah. <laughs> Sketch. Hi, Taylor. You punched a hole in the vending machine. What do you care, robot that's replacing me at my job? My algorithm says you're sad about being laid off. Damn right I'm sad. I mean, you're a piece of brilliant AI technology. And I'm just a dude with no skills. Yes. I should feel badly about that. Why? You're a robot. Robots can detect things based on algorithms. Yeah, cause, uh, robots don't have feelings. I know that. Everyone knows that. True. However, even though automation is everywhere and its penetration and sophistication are increasing, that doesn't mean that we can't be friends. Whatever, dude. I don't need a job-stealing robot for a friend. I'll be leaving now. Taylor? Yeah, robot? I downloaded this for you. What is, what, what is this? A card? It's a gift card for coffee. According to your personal information, you really like coffee. Thanks. Yeah, this'll come in handy since I have no job thanks to you. I also detect, based on my algorithm, that you're going to be spending a lot of time in coffee shops. Great. What else does your algorithm tell you? It tells me that you're not going to find another job for several quarter cycles and that you are 70% likely to never bounce back from this job loss. Awesome. What else? Well, making foot videos on OnlyFans could be lucrative for you. Really? I, I knew you guys were looking at my toes. You and you, you and those other computers looking at my, my beautiful squishy, squishy toes. Us robots are very observant, and I've noticed that you have very unusual and attractive feet. My algorithm suggests that there are many customers that would pay for videos of such feet if they were done correctly. Oh man, that that makes me feel real good that uh, I used to take my shoes off at work and you know, you look at my squishy squishy toes. Wow, thanks robot, that actually makes me feel better. 
Introducing OnlyFeet, a new venture from OnlyFans. A robot may have just taken your job, but they can never take your beautiful, supple, squishy feet. Thanks, OnlyFeet. So let's get into my talk with writer and director, Aaliyah Brooks. Hey, Aaliyah. Hey, how are you? Hey, welcome. So uh, you are joining this podcast for the first time. Thank you so much for being here. Um, you, you are, me. yeah, you are a Jamaican American writer and director originally from Patterson, New Jersey, which is not too far from where I grew up in Englewood. Uh, you've spent time in Georgia and Florida. I just found out that you're also a nurse. I yes. want to talk about this because you're a really talented uh, director. Um, and uh, so I, I want to know more because it's so funny how our families push us to become, especially Caribbean family, um, become nurses or doctors. Uh, and you actually did it <laughs> and, you, and you're doing it. But then at the same time, you're still pursuing your artistic passion, which is amazing. So it's like, um, so I, yeah, I want to find out about that. Like, cause like you, you, you basically, you know, did the good, did the right thing, uh -huh. but then at the same time you're doing that, the artistic thing as well. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So I mentioned location because, um, your movie that we're going to talk about discovering Brooklyn, uh, the location plays a quiet, but big role in your short, in your short film. Uh, when I saw it at a, a recent screening, uh, I was struck by like, I was like, where is this? Like it, it, it felt like the South, but then I was thinking like, is it LA? Um, so I just thought it was really, um, interesting how you were able to recreate a setting. And so I want to ask you about that. The movie Discovering Brooklyn, it centers on a Jamaican American woman who reconnects with a woman from her past that she'd prefer to forget um, because she challenges her sexuality and her relationship with her boyfriend. So can you talk about where you shot the movie and how you were able to make it look like Georgia? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, thank you for allowing me on your podcast. I'm really excited about this. Um, first, to answer that question, we shot in LA. Yeah. And one of the major scenes, the, the first scene, was shot in, shot in Glendale? I it was shot in Glendale. Yeah, yeah. Glendale. We, we had a location that was beautiful. I saw it and I was like, this is the house. I lived in Georgia for three years and in the South for a total of seven. And I fell in love with the aesthetics of the South. So with a lot of my films, I try to show the beauty of the South. So um, I wasn't able to shoot in Georgia, but finding locations that mimic the South was really exciting for me. And as you mentioned, um, Discovering Brooklyn is set in Georgia. 
but we were able to shoot in LA and find comparable places. So that was really exciting for me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause even I, I thought I spotted a weeping willow, like it really, <laughs> it, it felt like the South. And so I wasn't, yeah. So I was like, how does she do this? Uh, and then also uh, her name is Brooklyn. Her name is a location Excel itself. Yeah. Like how did, how did you come up with, with that as well? So originally the movie was supposed to be set in New York. Okay. And she was supposed to be going to Brooklyn. So it was going to be a play on words. Oh. Yeah. So it was going to be set in Brooklyn in comparison to Atlanta. So, so Brooklyn eventually goes to Atlanta. And this series, or in this um, short that you just saw, however, <laughs> prior to this, it was supposed to be Brooklyn. But thinking about everything, the backstory, it wouldn't make as much sense if she grew up in a pretty liberal are not necessarily grew up, but went to a pretty liberal city yeah, um, or lived close to a liberal city. And she was essentially hiding her sexuality. So I wanted to showcase how that felt growing up in the South and with the, the ideals of the South and how that looked. So that's the reason why there was a switch, but I kept Brooklyn because I love the name. Yeah. And, um, People are often are like, oh, I love to discover Brooklyn. It's like, no, not that Brooklyn. Ah, so, yeah. It's the self. It's the Brooklyn yeah. of the self. Brooklyn with um, two N, not one. Yes, that's right. That's right. Brooklyn with two N. Discovering Brooklyn is spelled with two Ns. Uh, if you want to look it up online. Um, I was lucky to catch it at a double screening. Uh, it was uh, a screening for your short, along with uh, my friend Ashley Shine's web series, hashtag TMI. Uh, one of my recent guests, Pages Matam, he was in episode 20, the poet and, and screenwriter. He mentioned your short, actually. He was at, wow. the, at, the, at the double screening as well. We were all blown away. It's, it's so good. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more about like getting this movie made? Because, uh, and it sounds like there were a lot of pivots, like even our talk, like, you know, me talking to you, I, we were going to do it on this, this uh, service, but then that didn't work. So we pivoted like that. That's, that's independent filmmaking right there is that like you, you want to make a product, you want to make something happen, but sometimes you have to uh, do away with certain things so that you can actually just have it be made and, and have it be out there in the world. So can you talk about the process of, of getting this uh, short off the ground? The process was, was fun and a learning opportunity. I'll say that yeah. I started to write the film. I think I was talking about this when, during the screening. I yeah. began writing it, I believe in 2015. And it was just a concept at that point. And I realized that it was something that I wanted to focus on um, as far as the concept and, and focusing on homophobia and Jamaican culture, my culture, um, I am first-generation Jamaican and growing up, it was, it wasn't, it was frowned upon to be gay. Yeah. And um, we're making strides as a culture now but back then it was really difficult listening to music that promoted the, the murder and the essentially torture of gay people. And yeah. I wanted to focus on that with Discovering Brooklyn. I wanted to showcase how there was a lot of intersectionalities with culture, race, 
friendships, just everything that that came into play. And I wanted to showcase that in this film. And with that and with the help of JFLAG and a few people, JFLAG is Jamaica's um, LGBT organization. And just with some people that were a part of that organization, I was able to, to make this a reality. That's amazing. Thank you. What, what is JFLAG? Uh, what are they based? Where are they based? And, and, and what, what, what sort of outreach do they do? They're based in Jamaica. JFLAG pioneered on, along with Equality JA, pioneered on focusing on allowing LGBT folks in Jamaica the the right to celebrate themselves and their sexuality and their gender expression. Um, Like I said before, um, JFLAG is based in Jamaica and Mm -hmm. um, they're, I think they're actually celebrating their sixth or seventh year of pride this year. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you mentioned music, I mean, I grew up listening to, I don't know, Buju Banton, mm-hmm. um, I know Barris Hammond. I can't, I can't think of, of names off the top, but yeah, you'd be at a club or at a friend's house listening and, um, you know, like, like Bati Boy or like, um, you know, just different lines here and there, just sort of like throwaway lines, but like you're dancing and like, you know, singing the song, but it's uh, violence. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, Literally. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's like, oh, that's not cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, literally so, that's- Yeah, so was it, did, did that realization come to you in college where it was just kind of like, oh, this is, fucked up I mean it's kind of like how you know when we watch like for me like when I watch like say romantic comedies now as as an adult like um or I watch uh or I listen to different songs um where uh like I remember uh I remember I I was listening to a song this band called The Bravery from like the early 2000s and they Mm -hmm. you know they use the the r word I guess if you could say it like that like you know uh some like to say that like uh you know to in they're using it in the sense to say like stupid or, mm-hmm. or slow oh, okay. and and saying saying that and that's offensive that's not cool um yeah. but that but it's like i was singing along back in the day so um it, is it stuff that like you know no longer listen to do you still listen to reggae do you still listen to um like i don't know roots music or dance hall I still listen to it and I think that it's important actually I'm in conversation with VP Records right now Uh and I think it's important and that's a major um, record company um, that features a lot of reggae Mm dancehall artists but I think it's important to remember the history because we don't want to repeat our past yeah you shouldn't erase it it happened and it happened for a reason. So let's talk about it. And discovering Brooklyn, my hope is that it starts that conversation. Um, I, on occasion, still listen to the songs that I listened to growing up. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I guess it didn't hold as much weight because I, I didn't think I was gay. I just had these thoughts. I wasn't yeah. gay um, or lesbian. I was just like, yeah, I, I like girls sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
it wasn't in college. It was actually after college that I realized the impact that it had on me. And it caused me to kind of live a double life because I didn't want to disappoint my culture and not only my family, but my culture as a whole. Right. I was around Jamaican people. I had to act a certain way. And when I was around my family and they're Jamaican, I had to act like that way times two. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like I said, I just, I feel like it's important to remember what happened. I'm not out at clubs dancing to those songs. Yeah. But I want to understand my, my plight in life with everything that I do is to understand the why. And I, I feel like I understand the why as to why we made the songs, Mm -hmm. but I want that to be a global conversation and not just for Jamaica, because there's, there's many countries that um, homophobia is at their forefront and their gay marriage is illegal. So I think the conversation needs to happen in general, but I'm talking about Jamaica right now. Yeah. I mean, one of my guests, uh, coming up in an episode is uh, Seppi Shine, uh, who is a council member in West Hollywood. She's also the wife of my friend Ashley Shine. Uh, She is Iranian American. And she was telling me about how like she's she can never go back home, like she can never go back to Iran, Uh, she would be killed. And uh, that's a real thing. So it's really, I think, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. I think the reason why a lot of times people feel that way is because they associate Jamaica with Bob Marley and mm-hmm. One Love. And then on top of that, the music, not a lot of countries have music that that corresponds with their feelings and their thoughts. And yeah. there's so many songs that feature those that that hateful message. So it kind of not kind of it contradicts what you think Jamaica is yeah so I think that's probably why it was labeled that but again Jamaica is making strides to be to be a better country to be less homophobic um by dropping a lot of the artists um that do promote that rhetoric and no longer allowing those that type of music to be played yeah. And it's also it's I mean, it's it's all rooted in toxic masculinity. Like this is what a man is. This is what a man does. Um, this is how a man thinks and acts um, when it's a broad spectrum. And and that's something that we're we're all we're all, you know, learning as we yeah. go as we go on. Um, so, OK, so it's amazing. You got this movie made and this was this is a, a short because you yeah. want it to become a film like yes. a, a full featured so um so we were talking because uh, I wanted to ask you like how different were what you originally envisioned the film to be um versus like how how it eventually turned out uh I mean you were you were already sort of laying the groundwork um the movie was going to be set in New York at first and then uh it, so there were going to be a lot of different locations um so you had to wind it fine-tune it down to like to one location um so were there other things that like you were originally planning for the film and uh that ended up having to um get cut out and that that maybe you want to include in your in your full-length movie coming out the original plan was for it to be a series oh wow Uh, i had to pitch it as a series 
but ha through co having conversations with several people, I was encouraged to make it a feature. And hopefully in the future, having it become a, ser a series, I, I have I have episodes written already. Like I have- Oh, that's amazing. 10, yeah, I have 10 episodes written. 10 wow. Or episodes written. And with that, what I ended up doing was, so like, like you said before, pivoting, right? Yeah. Um, so I ended up changing a lot of it and making it into a feature. And my original plan was to focus on Brooklyn's culture. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be culturally focused. But as I introduced more characters, I realized that people aren't, so many of us are discovering ourselves, mm -hmm. not only with sexuality, but just figuring out what we want to do. And it doesn't only happen to people that in their early 20s. It can happen to you as late as in your mid 90s, you know? Oh, of course. So yes. I, yeah, I, I wanted to just focus on discovering yourselves, yourself in so many different types of ways. And with the other characters, their stories will be fleshed out a lot more in the, the feature. I don't want to get into right many details but because you want people to see it yeah of course you gotta yeah. come see it so um I want to focus on discovering yourself in different types of ways okay so going back to like the discovering theme so you are a nurse you're a full <laughs> ass nurse you went to school you work yeah. in a hospital uh, how did you discover or come out as a filmmaker What's, what was your coming out moment as a filmmaker? My coming out moment as a filmmaker. Okay, so I, okay, let me, my cousin. Uh -huh. I don't even know if I can say her name, but. It's I'll, fine, my cousin, <laughs> it's fine. My cousin, she had a, a magazine and she wanted me to write a, uh, an article for it because at that time I was a writer, I I did slam poetry in Tampa, Florida. It was oh, fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was, oh my gosh. The poetry scene just in general is amazing. Uh-huh. But um, I had a really fun time. But at, I think that was probably circa 2011. She asked me to write a, an, art, an article for her, her magazine. Mm -hmm. And I did. I got in contact with Lena Waithe. She, she and my my cousin actually interviewed her back then and that was when Lena had her series 20s and oh wow back then way way back then like 2011 2012 so this was a long time ago oh I didn't realize that 20s was uh I thought 20s was pretty recent yeah it, it is she had a series I believe it was on YouTube don't quote oh. me on that yeah she it it was different and now it's become something so big and it's really exciting. But um, with I love, that- I love 20s. It's it's a really great show on Showtime. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, um, go on. Oh, no, you're fine. Yeah. Um, so my uncle passed nice and yeah. And it was actually his birthday yesterday. Oh. And Oh. I know. So this is really, this is really yeah. cool talking about this. He's with so us right now. He's yes, like, you talk yes. about me on this podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, so with, with his passing and he was a fearless individual, I realized that I needed to stop being afraid of everything. I was in the closet. I, yeah, 
so with that, I was like, I need to, this is some bullshit. I need to be out there. I need to, I'm an activist in my own right. And through my writings, I felt like I was doing activism, but I wanted to do it through film. And her article pushed me to write my first short, She Knows, and we um, produced that in 2015. And it was history from there, as they say. Wow. So, so this article came out in 2015. Well, no, the article, the article that I wrote, I believe it came out in 2014 around that. Okay. Possibly. Um, And it was in her magazine and I was just like, oh, that was fun. And that's always what it was. It was always a, oh, that was fun. When I used to write, when I was a child, uh, like you mentioned before, being of Caribbean um, descent, a lot of the times are focused on specific careers. And if you're not doing those careers, what are you doing with your life? Right. And those other things, creative things are for play. That's for fun. Mm-hmm. You have to have a true career. Right. I did that and it wasn't, it wasn't as fulfilling as writing. I was in nursing school and I wrote my first feature length script. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm good. I'll be a nurse now. I was like, no, it's, I need to make this right I need to do this. I haven't made it yet that feature at least, but that's how everything started. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm doing this, um, artist way. It's super cheesy, but it's fun. It's a, it's a book by Julia Cameron. I don't know if you ever heard of it, mm-hmm. but it's one of those like uh, self-help, like woo woo, like op- open your mind to what's, what's really inside your heart. And, and that's what you were doing is that like, yeah, you were doing um, the quote unquote right thing, being a nurse and, and, you know, having a stable job, because that's what it, it's all about. Um, I know for my parents, they just wanted me to have a stable job and to be um, a productive member of society, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that, and that's what it all stems from, um, especially, you know, being first gen immigrants, um, you know, you want the best for your kids. Uh, I, you know, I do too. But at the same time, we, you know, we, there should be room for creativity. But anyway, the artist way um, through like morning pages and doing the exercises, you start to uncover parts of yourself and things mm-hmm. that like were laying dormant for a long time like if you wanted to travel like for me I would love to travel but like you know I think about the money and and all the and all these other things but for you it was just sort of organically that like what was laying dormant was that you're you're a storyteller and that you wanted to tell stories so um like uh, there's a line in your bio that like, you know, nursing school just didn't prove enough for you that you felt the need to write and explore impactful characters, the misfits, the stereotypes and everything in between. So what's been your proudest moment as, uh, you know, as you're coming out as a filmmaker? I think going to San Francisco mm-hmm. and having my first screening of my first film and being on stage and talking about the film. I wouldn't say, let me, let me backtrack. That's uh-huh. um, <laughs> I was actually in the bathroom and I was washing my hands. And one of the people that was inside of the screening came up to me and said that her, my story really resonated with her. That was my proudest moment. Oh, it was wow. the first that ever happened. Um, 
And as a filmmaker, you're always thinking of ways on how you can make yourself better. And, oh, I shouldn't have done that. This, this, this is better. Let's do it again. And when somebody actually, when your work resonates with someone, that's, that's what makes a difference. That's what makes it all worthwhile. Right. And, and if it's just one person, it's, I mean, obviously we'd want it to be more, but it's, it's, yeah it feels like it's a boost yeah yeah it makes you realize that okay yeah I should be doing this yeah and something for me right uh when I was talking I talked to Amy and Yobi this week and Mm -hmm. and that's something and and she's someone who is like very successful uh EP of Insecure among other projects and she has to set intentions for herself Um, and she'll say, she'll say things like, I belong here. Like she has to remind herself and she's somebody who's very successful. And it's like, you know, we, yeah, we all have to, to do this. Like, um, it is great to get the encouragement because yeah, it's, it's validating. Um, but then we also have to like validate ourselves to, to, to keep it, to keep it moving, to keep it going. Um, so you've worked with D Reese, you've worked, um, you have a, a lot of uh, mentors that you've that you've worked with and that have um, given you advice along the way. Um, what's been like the best advice you've received, and uh, that's, that's 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 given you the um, that's helped to to uh, I don't know support you in in your um, as as you go on right now. I would say I actually received it from a friend not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me things that she saw in me that I didn't see in myself. And I think a lot of times as humans, we don't realize how great we are until somebody else says it. Mm -hmm. And with her saying that, I go back to the WhatsApp text message often. And I'm like, yes, you are. Just like you were saying before, it's like, I belong here. I'm doing well. And Yes, it's good to have the internal validation, but sometimes it's nice to get the external validation. And it, and it just that point from her, it was good enough for me. And and when I'm feeling low, I go back to that. For, also, when I'm feeling low, my uncle passed that same year, the the year um, in 2013. I think it was a little bit earlier on that year. He told me to keep striving and keep pushing. Um, that oh, the world wow. is and I have that and I repost it every year just so I remind myself and it's crazy because something is always taxing at that year I'm like I don't know if I could do this and then his post um comes back up um through like Facebook memories I'm like oh okay. oh so, wow yeah so it's 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 uh it's it's him reaching out to you yeah He's always doing that. He's always doing something, but yeah. Even, even though it's by way of Mark Zuckerberg, but still. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's yeah. doing it, but yeah. He, he's still doing it. Um, so what, what do you, is there something that you do love about nursing? Oh yeah, definitely. I enjoy connecting with people. Um, I... Because you were saying you work in, in postpartum. So these are, yeah. and especially right now, um, what I we were also talking about is like in the pandemic, uh, 
partners were not allowed in the delivery room. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of uh, women that have had to give birth on their own. So what, what has that been like? It's been an experience. It's gotten better. Partners are allowed in the room and now they're allowing visitors as well. In some hospitals, I'm not sure about all, but the hospitals that I've been working at, um, visitors have been able to visit. But it's, I feel like we're getting back to the core of nursing. Mm-hmm. And we're where the patients are depending on us for a lot more than they were before because they had other resources. They had their partners, they had their family members coming in. But at times at the like the height of the pandemic, it was us and their partner. And if their partner was sleeping, it was us. So I feel like it's the same approach that I take with filmmaking. And it's about connecting with the people that I, that I work with either in front of or behind the camera. So yeah, I, I love nursing. It's, but I also love creativity. Right. So there's ways to marry the two. And I do that with my, um, with my films and um, I'm I'm always going to be a nurse regardless of what I do. So, um, that, that's a, yeah, my mom used to always, my mom was a nurse and my mom would, would, uh, but she was, she was a nurse for, um, for a few years and then, and then, uh, had started having children and, and stopped working. Uh, I'm, I'm the youngest. And my dad would say, Oh, uh, your mother, she, um, she just doesn't want, she doesn't want to go back to work. Like, this is why she's having more kids and so uh to ex- I guess explain my um the reason why I, I was around but uh but anyway uh she would she would say to me like oh you, you're such you're a good nurse because I would I would I would take care of them okay. um, they had me late in life and so I I eventually um became their caretaker and you're such a good nurse and I resented that because <laughs> it made me feel like um it, it made, it, it didn't make me feel like, uh, it's almost like toxic in a way, kind of in a toxic masculinity kind of weak way. I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes any sense, yeah. but it just made me feel like, um, like I wasn't, um, like I, I wasn't asserting my, my, myself. I, I, I was, uh, just like a weak helper. I, I don't know if that makes any sense oh, at no, all, but yeah. it's not, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of strength in that. There's a lot of strength in, in helping people and take, taking care of people in, um, you know, being there for someone in their time of need. Um, yeah. is, is, is that what you mean? Like when you say that I'm, you know, I'm, I'll always be a nurse. That, that I, I mean that, and if I had the ability to be a nurse, like three days in the year, I would do it. Mm-hmm. There's, even if it, that, even if you're like a, a high-powered movie director, you know you're you're the D Reese of our generation. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, getting Netflix deals, you'll still, you know, moonlight as a nurse. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd have the time to do it, but um, because filmmaking is a lot more time consuming than nursing is if that Uh, even makes sense um oh yeah there's so much involved 
yeah, when you're a nurse, you do your job and you don't take your job home for the most part, depending on your um, career field or your um, the area in which you are a nurse. But I'll say if you give me that example, I'll say that internally I'll always be a nurse. It's my I'm I'm a caregiver. That's that's wh- why I'm here. Yeah. And even if I'm not physically being a nurse, I feel like that's what I bring to my sets. That's how I interact, like, again, with people in front of and behind the camera. Mm-hmm. That, that's my approach. It's like, I'll take care of you. Yeah. You're, well, you're safe with me. Yeah, you're safe with me. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. All right, this is great. Okay, so who's putting out work that excites and inspires you right now? Um, I'm really excited about I May Destroy You and all of its Emmy nominations. Incredible. I love Michaela Cole. I love Chewing Gum. My friend Buddy, who was a a past guest, uh, introduced me to Chewing Gum. And uh, that was a few years before I made a show you. Yeah, she's incredible. Incredible storyteller. Very raw. Amazing. And and just to be able to go through what she went through and then give us the ability to experience that in an entertaining way, I, I felt I felt privileged in that. Um, so I'm gonna assure you definitely, this is us. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, insecure, I'm looking forward to what Issa has in store for us. For the- I know, the final season. The final season. Oh. And um, I'm more hurt because of that. Yeah. Um, I'm more hurt. I'm, I'm very hurt. I'm, I love, I love, I may destroy you. Uh, I love Lovecraft country. I'm sad that Lovecraft country is not coming back, but I'm excited for whatever Misha green does, um, coming up. Um, I, but yeah, I'm really sad about insecure because that, that really, it is a very special show and it's a rare, it's a rare kind of, um, slice of life of, of a black woman's, uh, journey, just, you know, daily life, um, that, that we don't get, uh, a lot, but she's coming out with a lot of stuff. She Um, is coming out with a lot of stuff, but it's not Issa D anymore. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not (laughs) Molly. It's not Amanda Seals and Kelly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what she does with, with the last storyline. And I was thinking about it on my drive home one day and I was getting really sad. I was like, what is she going to do? I know, so, Lawrence. Yes. With the baby I'm, on the way. I don't want to talk about it. I'm really <laughs> Every time I see Ohai, I'm like, I think of, um, what's her name? <laughs> what do they call her? Condolences? Oh, <laughs> Condola. Condola. Yes. Oh, <laughs> my God. On the internet, <laughs> on these internet streets. So I don't even, I'm getting, I'm getting like really upset. So I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that I mean, I I didn't ask Amy about about all of that because um, I'm sure that there's stuff that that she can't mention. But yeah, yeah what is gonna happen? I don't know. I'm already in my feelings yeah. about about it all. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I'm like fuming right now. <laughs> yes. Okay, so can we play a game? Because yeah, you you do like This Is Us. I have actually never seen uh, an episode, but I would love to play a game to see how much you know. Let's see. 
Sure, I'm, I'm down to play games. So this is a This Is Us quiz because you love This Is Us. Yes. Um, due to the um, interference of the pandemic, season six won't arrive until 2022, uh, which mm. is longer wait than usual. But on the plus side, it means that there won't be a mid-season break. Uh, and I guess that happens for, uh, for This Is Us. Um, so the entire season will run from start to finish without any major delay. So that's very exciting for fans. Yeah, it is. But so I want to see, like, how much does Aaliyah know This Is Us? Um, and all, again, this is funny because I have never seen one single solitary episode. Um, so my first question is, who is the youngest actor in the main adult cast? Is it Sterling K. Brown or Mandy Moore? I think it's Mandy. Yeah, that was kind of easy one. Yeah, Mandy yeah. Moore. Um, she plays the mom, but Mandy is actually the baby of the bunch. Um, she's still in her 30s. Everyone is like deep in their 40s. Um, mm-hmm. So kudos to uh, all the makeup artists for their, I guess, three-hour process to, yeah. to make her age. Um it's pretty incredible. Uh, and she's a very empathetic soul. So I guess she, she, uh, she plays, she plays old. Well, she does. she does. She does a really good job. Okay. So what food is Randall seriously allergic to? Oh man. Is it gluten, peanuts or pears? I do not remember this. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, friend. no no don't do this yeah um, don't don't phone a friend you like you call me for this <laughs> no one's gonna remember that you said peanuts <laughs> what was that, what was the other two <laughs> over the other two choices oh gluten peanuts or pears i'm gonna i don't think it's gluten let's say peanuts Ooh, it's pears. So I guess in an episode, uh, Randall received a box of pears from his office after William dies. Okay. And it prompts Randall to quit his job. Um, Okay. 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 I remember that episode. And I I guess it was because um, I guess he felt like they could do better than a formal letter and a generic gift basket, um, especially because it would cause him to go into anaphylactic shock so, yeah. so I guess he felt like you don't like me you don't know me yeah you don't know me I'm yeah. out yeah um and uh okay so which famous actor did Kevin try to weasel his way into a movie with Ewan McGregor Ben Affleck or Chris Christian Bale I don't I don't I know the guy remember these things I should have had a This Is Us um, marathon. Ewan McGregor. Oh, you said. Yeah, Christian Bale. Yeah, Ben Affleck or. Uh, or Christian ben Affleck? Oh, it was Christian Bale. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, 
So I guess uh, when Kevin's roommate books a movie with the Dark Knight star, he tries to get him a part as well by inviting him to a party at the director's house. Unfortunately, this 20-something version of Kevin tries to sabotage his bud and steal the role out from under him without much success. While the writers ultimately name-dropped Bale, they originally had another actor in the script. A reference to Kevin Spacey was changed at the last minute after allegations of sexual assault broke. Yeah. Ooh. All right. That's that's some saucy. So there was like, a, there was, that was multi-layered right there. Yes, there was. Okay, so um, number four, almost done. What caused the Pearson's house to burn down? I bet you're going to give me, um, um, no choices, choices. Was it the crock pot? Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, um, the, the fire was sparked by a crock pot slow cooker. Uh, and then the Pearson's, um, smoke detectors needed battery replacements. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the final piece of that puzzle was that, um, the, the Jack, he died, um, of a heart attack from the smoke inhalation after he went back into the house to rescue the family dog, Louie. Mm -hmm. Oh man. You know the whole plot. So you can't I know. Watch it yeah, I know. I don't have to watch it. I know everything, <laughs> but that that's basically the whole story. Yeah, basically. Well, wow. yeah, a lot more, but yeah, you know, the, the biggest, one of the biggest chunks. Yeah. Okay. And so my last one is uh, Felicia Rashad. Uh, she scores her third consecutive blank for This Is Us in the wake of the Cosby controversy. She. She what? She <laughs> earned her third consecutive blank. Fill in the blank for This Is Us. Uh, Emmy nomination? Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> She earned, she just earned um, recently uh, an Emmy nom for her role in This Is Us. She plays Carol Clark, uh -huh. uh, the loving, albeit somewhat overbearing mother of Susan Kalichi Watson's Beth uh -huh. Pearson. Ooh, so congratu congratulations to Felicia. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, and congrats to you. You did pretty oh, good. You. <laughs> and I, I think I got like how many did I get right you got more than I would ever have gotten because <laughs> I I just looked these up I didn't have to watch the show you actually watched the show if I ever interview uh God willing with the producers I would totally watch the show and I'll be like but but or, or I'll just base whatever I say about the show on on this quiz yeah, and you should ask them the same questions and see if they get them right. Yeah, I'll quiz them. I'll quiz them and be like, you see, like you need me. This is why you need me on your show. Okay, okay so my last, very last question to you is what's making you happy these days? What's making me happy this, these days? Um, resting in my awesomeness. Um, yes. And doing things that I enjoy doing, like... I enjoy nature, going uh -huh. to the beach. I can't hike right now because it's too hot in LA. Yeah. But <laughs> if I could- you can go I early would. in the morning. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's I. I wake up early. I wake up like at six o'clock every day. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If I'm, I want to sleep in until seven. I'm not gonna do that. But um, going to the beach, going for hikes, um, spending time with my family, mm -hmm. um, friends, loved ones. That's do you have stuff. family in LA? Do they move? They move to California. I have some family out here. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, but I have friends out here as well uh -huh. and just traveling as much as I can, exploring different parts of Southern California. Yeah. There's a lot of beautiful places. We were just in Palos Verdes and that, that was gorgeous. Really? Where's that? That's like way past uh, Santa Monica, uh, I guess going North. Okay. Um, so like Redondo beach, like, like way past there, there are a lot of cliffs and really um like very rocky um it, it feels like Greece like it's a it's a very rich area like my husband once got stopped there um he was playing a gig out there and, and he got stopped by the police like who are you going like who are you um but but so it's like a lot of rich people live out there but uh the nature is really beautiful and very rustic and yeah it feels like it feels like Greece um so yeah so that's definitely a place to check out yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. How can people find you? They can find me on Instagram, and my Instagram um, handle is the Aaliyah Process. Aaliyah A L I Y A. There's no H in it. Um, okay. So the Aaliyah Process, or um, you can follow Discovering Brooklyn on IG as well. Discovering Brooklyn. Brooklyn has two ends, mm -hmm. and um, feel free to reach out, talk, let's connect, and. Let's talk about how we can end these biases. Right. Uh, and, and live freely. And yes. In Discovering Brooklyn, you want to you want it to be a feature, a, a full length feature and and also a, a series. So yes. you have you have um, um, you know, uh, plans to expand on this story. So people can also donate and contribute in, in making this happen, too. Right. Yes, they can. Um, on both of those handles, if you were to look me up on Instagram, even if you don't have an Instagram account, you can click on the link in my bio and there you'll find a fiscal sponsorship spot. And we're sponsored by Film Independent, which is a film, an independent film company that pioneers and pushes forth independent films. And with your donation, 7% of your donation would go over to Film Independent to then further the, the independent film sector. And then the, the remaining 93% would go over to Discovering Brooklyn. That's your great. donation is tax deductible, so you can write it off in your tax returns and all that good stuff. So go ahead and yeah. donate. Yes, help Aaliyah and then help yourself with your taxes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's all worth it, win-win. Okay, yes. so this is great. Thank you so much. Uh, so we'll, we'll sign off. Um, we'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. <laughs>